how much weight you give whose words and what words. Uh, so if pastor calls him, yes, ma'am. Hey, hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I have, I have uh, something to make up to you guys. Uh, I started a story last time that I didn't finish. And people have asked me, what was that story about? What was the story about? Uh, and I remembered uh, one way that it related to what I was stating, but then I actually had to go back and listen and, and, and almost jumpstart my train of thought. And as soon as I was listening to that part where I was telling that story, I go, oh, that's what I was going to tell it about. Um, and, but also, I'll say this, and I don't mean this pridefully, I went back and I listened to that sermon uh, that I preached. And, and Pastor Ken... Um, you know, I just keep thinking about, I need to say more Jesus come back soon from his service on Sunday. But uh, I went back to listen to that story, but then I listened to the rest of it. And, I, and not bragging and not, not glorifying myself, giving the glory to God and saying, that was the best I've ever preached. Uh, not the best I've ever heard preached. Uh, let me clarify. Uh, you know, I'm not here to try to, you know, I don't hold a candle to Pastor Jackie and Pastor Ken and what they know, what they do, what they walk through. And the only reason I can do what I'm doing is because I have a pastor. But so I'm not saying it's the best I've ever heard. It was the best I've ever preached. And that's not bragging on me. I, I did more work. I'd say I told Pastor Jackie, I, I had heard that, you know, when you're going to get up in front of somebody, put everything into it uh, and, and be organized and, and put in study and effort because it does. Pastor studies and puts in effort. Uh, and that's why it almost is like you can tell it breaks her heart when we're not receiving it yeah. uh, because she's put yeah. so much into it. Um, and so we, we uh, say we owe that, you know, honor to whom honor is due. We owe that honor to pull that word out of her. Um, but I'm saying this because I, when I, I was like listening to that, I go, I didn't plan on saying about 98% of all of that stuff. Some of the scriptures... Some of the scriptures I actually had in my notes, but then there were scriptures that were tagging on, and, and it was like, that's true what they say. When you step into this pulpit, uh, all their big ministers, not, not calling myself big, but big ministers that we have in here, uh, names you'd recognize. I mean, many of them have told Pastor Jackie, when we step into your pulpit, revelation begins to flow. And that's a testament to, because, you know, there's three parts to every service. God's part, the minister's part, or the speaker, the, I guess, the minister's part. And the congregation's part, to pull that out of them. And you guys were pulling so much out of me last time that it got me excited for this time. I said, man, I don't even know what I'm going to say when I get up there. So let's find out. Hallelujah. And I, I got into like the first page of my notes. And that was, that was last week. So these were my notes from last week, about three pages worth, uh, maybe four. And then I started, I was like, okay, well, I'll just go along the same lines and try to touch some of the points. And then I started getting more direction, and I've got a whole other pile of separate notes here that would be like a part two. So this will actually be the plan of God, timing, vision, and judgment. You can call it part two, if you will. Uh, really, I'm just going to try to get some more out of what was in my heart. Like I said last time, there's things in here. Believe with me to get them out. Pull them out because, oh my gosh, I was, like, I was impressed, not by me, by the Holy Ghost at what was happening. He is our, he's our great helper. He is our great helper. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I'll tell that jail story real quick. Uh, so the story was I was downstairs in the first floor, and I heard commotion upstairs. Sounded like a fight or somebody getting slammed on the ground, and the jail is on the second floor. And 
And I, I told the other deputies, uh, the other, you know, I said, hey, y'all hear that? And they said, no, we didn't hear anything. A couple seconds later, boom, they go, oh, yeah, we heard that one. And, uh, and so then, you know, a couple minutes later, and, uh, and we get a phone call into the office, and it says, hey, the jail's requesting a response from the deputies. They need help with an uncontrollable subject up there. Uh, so we get up there, and on the way up there, I go, who is it? And they told me the name. I said, oh, I know that name. Okay, here, here we go. Here we go. So we go up there, uh, and we have a, a system called a pepper ball system, uh, and it's, bas- it's similar to a paintball gun, but instead of the paint inside the ball, it's a pepper powder, and it's the pepper form of uh, pepper spray, but it's, it's probably more potent and... Uh, and more highly concentrated, but it's non-lethal. I mean, as soon as you get some fresh air, it's just like eating something hot. You know, you got to get a little bit of fresh air, cool yourself off, and you'll you'll be okay. Um, and so, what you do is you would um, launch those balls, and when they break, those projectiles, when they break, they create a cloud, and you breathe that in, and it, it like incapacitates you, gag, <laughs> and then it's easier to subdue you. Take you know, it, the point is compliance. He wasn't complying with, and uh, he was out of control hitting things, and that's how it all started. Um, and there was already a broken window, and he started hitting it, so they go to confront him about it, and he spits in one of their faces, and then a you know, fight breaks out. They, they, have to, uh, they have to subdue him, and they end up dragging him into uh, another cell, and pl- they place him in that cell. And then we get called up there, say, hey, he's out of control, we need your help. And so like we, it took about two seconds, me and the other deputy looked at each other and said, all right, we look, pepper ball, pepper ball. So I go downstairs to get the pepper ball gun, uh, and, and to bring it up, and it does have a little bit of a sting when it lands, just like a, just like a paintball gun would. Um, I, at my training for it, I actually was the only one, they said, well, who, who wants to get shot with it or, or hit with it uh, uh, so that you know the amount of force it has and how it feels? I said, I'll do it, and I was surprised nobody else decided to do it. So I actually have a, I have a video on my phone, I found it the other day, of, of me getting hit with that, and it really wasn't that bad. I mean, um, and so I went downstairs to get the pepper ball gun, come back up, and you can use that in conjunction with other tools um, like uh, pressure points and tasers and things like that. So if one of them's not working, you can use another one. And this is as long as they're continuing to be out of control. And, uh, and so he's out of control in there and, uh, and you know, said, get me out of here, get me out of here. He's like a caged animal, just get me out of here. Just, you know, flailing, kicking, screaming, hitting stuff and, um, and and saying he's going to hurt himself, and the, uh, so I, I do remember the point to this story. I have two <laughs> points. Um, so the, uh, so one of the, the other deputy goes up and says, get on the ground or we're going to take action. Get on the ground or we're going to take action. Get on the ground. And eventually he lays down on the ground, goes into cuffs without a fight. They put him in a restraint chair and take the cuffs off, and then he's in a restraint chair and he's strapped down. So I said, okay, well, they got him under control. I'm going to go put this pepper ball system away. So I go back downstairs, and I come back up, and three of them are holding him in the chair, and he's got one leg loose and one arm loose, and he's kicking, and I'm like, what happened? He was, he was, I was like, what happened? He was, he was under control, you know? And then I, they said, get over here and help. Hold that leg down, hold that leg. So there's four of us trying to hold this guy in a chair, and, uh, and, and I get close enough to him, and he sees me, and he goes, Brown, because we have our name on the front. He goes, Brown, oh, Brown, I'm so glad to see you. And, uh, and he's fighting with the other three, kissing, or not kissing, cussing the other three out. He's cussing them out. He's spitting on them and you know, almost kissing them. He's spitting on them and, and cussing them out, 
don't touch me, and I'm like barking at him, and, and he's like, and then he looks at me, Brown, oh man, am I glad to see you, and, uh, because I had a history with him, and I, I was nice to him in the past, uh, whether or not I agreed with the way he was acting or what he did, but I still treated him like a person, and we were able to build a little bit of a rapport. Well, he had, none of these guys had no, no respect with him. He, he, had, he couldn't even give it anything about them. But he saw me and he began to calm down and then he went right back into his fit and then he calmed down again. Brown, oh man. So they get him strapped down. They said, we had him strapped down and he wiggled himself out. He wriggled an arm and a leg out. And so I'm like, hey guys, uh, I'll talk to him. Let's see if I can get him to calm down. So I'll talk to him because we really at this point have no idea what happened. We didn't know how the deputies, we had no idea how it all started. We're just trying to help take control of the situation and then find out what happened from there. And, um, and uh, so we get him strapped down the second time and everybody leaves the room and I go over and I said, okay, I'll talk to him. Leave the cell door unlocked so I can get out. Don't lock me in here with him. But, uh, but and he goes, okay, I'll hold the door for you, one of the jailers. And, and uh, so I go and I kneel down beside him. I said, what's, what's going on? You know, I try to kind of try to level with him, try to talk to him, uh, because he, he seemed to calm down when he saw me. I saw him talking to him, and he's, while I'm talking to him, he's still squirming, and he's able to get a wrist loose in one of the restraints, and, and not enough to where he can get his hand out, but it's starting to get to that point, so I have to, while I'm talking to him, I have to grab the strap and tighten it again uh, to hold him down, and he's, you know, jerking enough that he almost has wheels on the back. He was almost tipping it over, and I'm like, this guy is out of control. Now, he, I believe he was under the influence, uh, he smelled like it, and I think that's how the, he, we didn't arrest him, another department arrested him and brought him in, and, uh, and I think it had something to do maybe originally with alcohol, I don't know. Um, but we could smell substances on him, and, and just the way he's acting is crazy, and even before we went in the cell, he was like almost ga- trying to gouge his own eyes out. Now, not seriously, but he was like digging his fingers into his eye sockets, and uh, if somebody wants to bad enough, they'll just pull their own eye out. I know it's gross. But he wasn't going that far. So he was just putting on a show, basically, uh, which we eventually determined. And we get him in the chair, and I try to talk to him. He goes, Brown, I've been doing this for a year, man. He goes, you know, you know my cases. He goes, they dropped all the charge. I was in, I was in jail for a year or more. He goes, ah, get me out of here. Get, and that's what the fit was about, is he didn't want to be in jail again. Well, I was talking about those missteps, about how... We, are, we don't have to bump our head again and again and again and wonder, how did I end up in this scenario once again? And here's this guy frustrated, kicking and screaming, let me out of here. I don't need to be in here anymore. I spent the last year in jail. Well, I can understand your frustration. Not that I've ever had to do that, but I'd be frustrated. Um, but that's, that's what I was talking about is that we're redeemed from uh, and with the help of Jesus and, and his plan and him helping us not miss steps to where we're constantly going, well, why did I end up in this scenario again? Because it's basically what he was saying. I'm in here again. I don't like it. And he was throwing a fit. Uh, and then the other thing was at one point, so that was, that was the point of that story was that his frustration stood out to me that, you know, we don't have to go to those places where we're just Oh, how did I, how do I end up broke, busted, disgusted again? Because there's an anointing in this place to destroy that flow. Uh, you think about David's mighty men. They were, they were despondent, they were distressed, uh, and, and indebted, I think. I think that's the three Ds. And, and they, they didn't start out as David's mighty men. They started out as uh, distressed, despondent, and in debt. And, uh, and 
that's how they were. And they, they stuck around the man of God, our pastor. They stuck around him. And eventually they're recorded. I was just telling somebody the other night, the, the Bible is just as much a history book as it is a spiritual book. And, and it's just as much a legal book. Actually, the best lawyers and the best historians, they take their stuff from the Bible. Um, the, the, the most sound ones, I would say. Uh, because it's the most historical and most accurate there is. Uh, and praise the Lord. And, and David's mighty men are recorded as David's mighty men. They could have been recorded as the broke, busted, disgusted group that we never hear of again. But they, were, they went down in history as David's mighty men. So there's an anointing that we don't have to go through that frustration of, I did this all last year, 20, end of 2023. Why does it look like 2022? I don't, why? I don't understand. We're redeemed from that. We should be seeing increase. And if we're not... Just listen. Listen to what he's dealing with you about on the inside while people are ministering, especially in this place, because you'll receive that help. The, the plan of God, that, that's what we're talking about. Plan of God, timing, vision, judgment. The plan of God for us, as Pastor Nancy has taught, is uh, for everyone is increased advancement and promotion. Uh, we talked last time in, in is that Proverbs, um, the the path of the righteous grows brighter and clearer unto a more full and clear day until it's in its full glory. Uh, brighter and brighter and, and more clear unto that full dawn day. Yes. Amen. Um, so I'm going to spend a little more time on judgment today. Uh, I've got some verses. I've got some examples here. Good. The plan of God. Timing, vision, and judgment. And I would like to get into timing. Now I've got, I actually went and just looked up uh, the Webster's Dictionary definition and printed it off, and I've got some of them here for the word judgment. Um, and if you don't know, Webster was a Christian, and the original Webster Dictionary had Bible verses in it. That's where he got, I mean, you'd have the, if you went to look up a word, you'd have the word, and right under it, you'd have the Bible verse citing where he got his revelation or where he got his instruction from. Uh, and, you know, of course, these days, they just take that out of there and don't tell you that part. Um, well, thanks, Brother Luis. Um, and so here's some definitions. And I was actually surprised uh, when I when I was reading some of these. I go, wow, yeah, that's this was a very. Some of these are very spiritual definitions, just in in what we'd call the secular def dictionary, though it didn't start that way. The word judgment. One of the definitions, um, a process of forming an form, forming an opinion or an evaluation by discerning. And comparing careful judgment of the odds. I don't like this one, and I wrote next to it, no risk. Because if you're, uh, there is risk attached to the world. There's risk attached to, there's risk and unknown attached to uh, the world system. There, uh, that, that bump in your head again and again. Well, how did I end up here again? There's the unknown, the path of the, the wicked. They know not what they stumble that's why that guy was saying, how did I end up in here again? And he doesn't, he, he doesn't have the light of the word. Uh, the word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And we can see the wicked know not what they stumble, but the righteous under the brighter and more clear day. So the more steps you take, the, clear, the brighter and brighter and clearer and clearer it gets. And uh, so... 
Here's another definition of judgment. An opinion or estimate so formed is not worth doing in my judgment. So that's uh, just kind of like quoting in a sentence, but an opinion or an estimate so formed. Estimate so formed. Uh, here's, I love this one. This is the one that stood out to me the most. A formal utterance of an authoritative opinion. A formal utterance of an authoritative opinion. Well, we talked last time about a will, even just a natural will, that you can say, look ahead. Now, I'll share this now. Uh, I see judgment in two forms. Now, this isn't judgment across the board, and I don't know all there is to know about this word or this topic. Uh, I'm a student. I'm still learning. But I see judgment two ways. I can look ahead and say, at some point in my life, I'm going home to heaven. And I can judge right now and say, I need to put things in place for that time and that season. I can look ahead and say, I, I was just meditating on this. I, went, I cut off work this morning and went home, and I was getting ready to take a rest. And I was even wrestling around with the kids before Victoria went to school. Just you start their day fun, and, uh, and, and they're still trying to play with me and Sonia. And, and more revelations started coming about this. You can look ahead and say, I need to do something about that with the help of the Holy Ghost. Uh, the help of God, and even just common sense, you know, you can look ahead, even lawyers, people in the world will tell you, you need to, you need to have uh, a retirement, you need to have a will, you need to have an estate and all the, and a beneficiary, you need to have all those natural processes in place. Uh, but I was thinking about Joseph uh, under Pharaoh, and he showed such uh, judgment and, and timing, vision, and judgment. Well, it started with a vision of Pharaoh's dream, and then uh, Joseph showed such discretion and wisdom that Pharaoh said, okay, you've interpreted this, now you are in charge of it. So Pharaoh at least had the judgment to say, that man of God, I need him. I may not believe in his God, but I need that man's wisdom. Uh, And it's funny, one of the, somebody was telling me recently, said, even if I was ungodly, wouldn't you look at the Ten Commandments and say... That makes sense. Murder should be wrong. You know, stealing should be wrong. Instead of just being totally anti-religion, anti-God, even it makes sense in the natural too. There, I mean, uh, it's the most. It's a common sense book, basically. You know, uh, you know. Uh, I read. Where was I? I was reading somewhere recently, and it says, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy. Yeah. I think in, in Deuteronomy where it's talking about the blessings and the curses, and it was a footnote. It was a footnote for another another verse, and I so I was like, oh, oh I've never read that footnote. I'm going to go to that footnote, and it was in Deuteronomy. Off the top of my head, I'm not recalling the verse, but it's, it was very simple, and it said, uh, if a man sees his 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 uh, neighbor's donkey loose, he should go and retrieve it and put it away for him, so that when he sees his brother, he can give it to him. And if he doesn't see his brother, then he is to hold on to it until he sees him. And I'm like, how simple. And this is in the Word. I'm like, why wouldn't you want the Word involved in everything you do? That's the reason we have what we have. Uh, that's why. Before, when they came here, they said, we need the Word. Uh, that's why they started, a, founded a country on the Word, because it, it made sense. <laughs> because you could go somewhere else. You go somewhere else and say, Jesus is the head of the church, and they'd kill you for it. Well, that ain't making any sense. So let's go over here and start our own place uh, where we can worship God as we want and as the Word says. Um, and that was even the, the purpose uh, of, of public schools, was not just to teach everybody 
you know, and they, you know, take God out of the schools, take, take God out of the schools. The very purpose of it was God. Yeah. Because if people could be raised up and know what the Bible says, when things like the Salem witch trials show up, they could judge it and say, according to the word, that's right. wrong. And you shouldn't be doing that. And then that's where we get in our legal system. Uh, you have to be able to stand before your accusers. You have to be, you have a right to a fair and speedy trial. You have uh, everything be established by two or more witnesses. You know, if there's not enough evidence against you, you can't, you should not be convicted of that. Now, corruption and things can get in there, but that all came from the word. The very purpose of public schools was we need our our next coming generations, and this is their judgment. They looked ahead and said, if we don't do something, we're going to end up just like over there. We're going to end up like where we came from, and that's why we left there, so we don't have to live like that. We don't have to live under that rule of, I can't say Jesus Christ is the head of the church and glory to God without getting beheaded, and there's still places like that, uh, and where you have to be underground churches, you know. Um, so thank, thank God we have what we have. But they... And the reason we're even enjoying it, I was thinking about this. This plot of ground that this church is on has been around since the foundation of the earth. Before there was a United States, there was a patch of dirt right here. And maybe it was underwater, maybe it wasn't. But at timing and judgment, that this this patch of dirt was meant for this time. The very purpose of it on this earth, and I'd be... When we get to heaven, I'd be very interested to look back and say what all happened here, you know. Yeah. How many other monuments were set up uh, by men and women of God uh, around, around the earth? Because that's what they did back then. They'd set up, God did this for us here, and they set up a monument. Yeah. Right. And that's what this place is. It's a monument. Yeah. True. Praise him. Uh, to what God is doing, like Pastor Nancy spoke to Pastor Jackie. It's like the upper room. She yeah. said it's like the upper room that in this little place yeah. uh, that you'd have no idea in this town that there is something that is right in the center of God's heart. And it's like a portal, like she said. It's just like the upper room where they, they were together in one accord. And Jesus said, wait so that power from on high would come on you. Yeah. And there's power here. Yeah. Um, praise him. Yeah, I didn't plan on saying any of that. Uh, judgment. Judgment. Uh, I plan on saying this. Judgment. You can, so two ways. You can look ahead and say, and God saw fit at some point they're going to need a pastor named Jackie Hartman yeah. and Pastor Ken yeah. in this place. Yeah. And there's, and, and there's going to be people that need what I'm going to put in her heart. Uh, and, and so there's judgment. Looking ahead and judging, saying, I need to do something. Like I was talking about Joseph and Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh at least knew enough to put him in charge of something. But, he, but, Pharaoh, but Joseph was able to interpret and say, you need, here's what you need to do is you need a plan. There's years of famine coming. You need to put something in place now so that when that time comes, it's smooth sailing. There's not broke, busted, disgusted, everybody's falling apart, and you're going, why did the, the biggest nation, uh, the biggest empire, the Egyptian empire at that time on the earth, why is it dwindling to nothing? And why, do they, why don't they even have food to eat? They have all this gold, but they don't even have food to eat. And we can't eat the gold, you know, um, so, so, and actually there are places these days you can eat gold. Uh, I'm interested to finally go do it someday. There's a, there is a thousand dollar milkshake. There, there's a milkshake that costs a thousand dollars, I think. And they put gold leafing in it and, and you can, and it's actually edible gold leafing. And I'm like, I mean, if you got the money to spend and you enjoy it, why not? I mean, uh, 
Sarah, there's a video about it. See if you can find it. it so you, you can eat gold, I guess, you know, but not just gold, you know, uh, but bricks of gold. I mean, so, so they, they were able to look ahead and say, years of famine are coming. I need to do something about that. But then the second part of that judgment is what actually needed to happen. So I can look ahead in my life and say, at some point, I'm going to go home to heaven and I need to do something about that time. So there's my judgment of time. Now I can say, here's what I envision happening at that time. This goes to this person. This goes to this person. This inheritance goes to this person. Um, you know, a just man has integrity, leaves an inheritance unto his children uh, and his children's children. So, the, uh, so there's twofold judgment. I can look ahead, exercise vision in judgment, and then time in judgment. I can say when that time comes to pass, because uh, I mentioned before, that will doesn't, it, it's, it's binding now, but when it, it actually goes into effect when you change addresses. Right. So, uh, so that's why I was impressed about this definition. A, a formal utterance of an authoritative opinion. Well, nobody has more authority in your life than you, and you can look ahead and make those authoritative opinions. But it's a formal utterance. It starts with saying, I think I need to do this. Yeah. It starts with words. Yes. Um, an obligation created by a decree of a court, such as a debt, uh, a divine sentence or decision. And this is just, uh, I mean, Webster was a Christian, of course, but uh, so a divine sentence or decision. They're not leaving out that it has something to do with the divine. So judgment, a divine sentence. I can look ahead and say, I need to do this. Um, a formal decision or determination on a matter or a case by a court, especially final judgment in this entry. I think that's all I have for definitions. Um, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So we're talking about the plan of God. Just a few, few uh, um, a few uh, things to lay a foundation about the plan of God. We know about the plan of God, but if there's people listening that perhaps go, what is he talking about the plan of God? Well, Pastor Jackie very simply tells us and has taught us uh, the word is his will. Just like I talked, a very natural will. So you read God's written will. Um, and then his will is his word. So, you know, his, will, his word is his will, his will is his word. That's his, his general plan for everybody. Yeah. If you're doing something opposite of the word, well, that's outside of his plan for your life. Um, but then the specifics will come as you walk in those steps. Uh, and then we read Romans 8, 14, and 16 earlier that uh, those that uh, have the Holy Ghost have that witness on the inside that they are children of God. Uh, and if you're, in, uh, if you're children, then you're led by the Spirit of God. Um, and I believe it's in 1 John that you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. So if you're a child, you have, yeah, 1 John, you said 2.20. Um, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Um, so Jeremiah 29.11, uh, I believe that's where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope and a future plans to prosper you, to give you uh, something in the day and your expected end. Uh, he has an expected end for you. Yeah. Yeah. So he's looking ahead and saying, yeah. at your end, I expect this to happen. If God's doing that, shouldn't we be doing that? I mean, um, and, and really the reason I'm preaching this is because I'm not doing it as much as I ought to be. 
So it's for, it's, it's for me more than it is for anybody else. Uh, I am so stirred by the plan of God that I don't want to miss the marker. Uh, I don't want to look back like, like the guy in jail. I don't want to be you know, here 10 years later going, how did I, how did I miss? How did I miss? I had Pastor Jackie's teaching. I had the Word. I had the Holy Ghost. I had the Bible. How did I miss the mark? Um, and so this, these are, yes, and th- these are some things that I am uh, endeavoring to get better at. So that's more probably why I'm, I'm just sharing what's on my heart. Um, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, that we know Ephesians 2.10, we are God's own handiwork created, in, uh, created by him, his workmanship created by him, um, uh, taking past which he preordained, planned beforehand. So there's not a lot of accidents happening on God's end, is there? Um, no. So uh, it would have been, you would, from the outside looking in, we could have looked at Pharaoh saying they did not, he did not put Joseph in charge of that and saying he did not do what he said, was it seven years of plenty and seven years of famine? Yeah. He could have said, eat it all up, have fun for those seven years because at the end of those seven years, the ship's going down. So uh, he could have said that. And Pharaoh could have said, Nah, let, we're fine. Yeah, yeah. He could have not exercised uh-huh. timing and judgment. Yeah. And when that time passed, he would have ate his words. Uh, and that's, I have eaten my words. It's not fun. Uh, talk about judgment. I have exercised, we talked about the guy that said Michael Jordan would never make it. Uh, and, and he misjudged. And he's probably going somewhere, wow, I was wrong. <laughs> you know, uh, and and so I've done that myself. Uh, there was a time when we would travel with wrestlers, and a lot of times at the hotels we're trying to cut weight. Um, I wasn't all the time because of the weight class I wrestled in. I usually went up, uh, not for the sake of getting around cutting weight, but just that's where the need was filled. I would sit in the lobby while other guys are cutting weight, and I'd try to down a whole rotisserie chicken and a gallon of water because I'm trying to put weight on, which in hindsight, in hindsight probably just filled up my stomach and gave me water weight, which was no use once I got out there. Maybe... Maybe at least I was hydrated. Luis is like, I can't believe you. Because the things they do to cut weight down to the very, like, ounce. Uh, and I have cut weight, so don't, you know, I have cut weight. Uh, I've done the, the sauna suits and the, you know, you shave your sweat off with a card and you sit in the sauna. So typically guys are trying to lose weight. Uh, and and it, there's a correct way to do it without hurting yourself. Um, and I, I was trying to gain weight. I was walking around probably 211 because of how much we worked out. So I couldn't keep weight on. I was probably walking around 211 wrestling guys that were maxing out at 285 and that were, and that were cutting weight to make that marker. So they would, they would be above 285 and cut weight to get to there. Um, those are some big guys. You know. And so I was wrestling bigger guys, so I didn't have to cut weight. I was trying to put weight on. Um, but the other guys kind of despised me for it, and I would normally go somewhere away from them you know, eat a full foot long sub or something. Cause I don't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I like, I love the team. I'm a team player. So I wasn't going to, going to try to make the rest of the team suffer and just say, you know, ha ha, that's a good way to get a target on your back. You know, uh, when you're, when you're in a team, uh, Luis is over here. Yeah. Yeah. We would, they probably would have hated you. Um, I mean, I wasn't going to hide it, but I was also trying to like, just not do it right in front of them, you know, exercise some discretion and, and a lot of times we're hanging out in the hot tubs. And one time we were hanging out in the hot tub, and they do that sometimes even to cut weight. But I, what I realized about that is it almost zaps your energy because when you go to bed, you're like, ah, yeah. oh, you know. But it feels good. It feels really good. Uh, and it can be, you know, therapeutic. 
uh, but spending too much time in there, and you go to bed, and you feel zapped, and you get up, and, and you have to have been revived, and then go wrestle, you know, up to eight matches some days. Did you ever have to wrestle eight? Yeah, you never, you're never that bad, huh? Or no, maybe, maybe you weren't that good, I guess. Because, no, no I'm, I'm serious, because my first, my, first my first year of college wrestling, I was not that good, so I never made it to eight matches in a day, because your tournaments were two and out, so if you lost two, you're out. My first year of wrestling in college, I was two and out in every, every tournament. I was not good. My, uh, I, I had a lot to learn, um, but I stuck with it. And then there was times where I got to where you, if, you, if you're the best, you're not wrestling eight matches, but you're also not only losing two matches. Um, you, you wrestle maybe four or five, and you're, you're the first-place guy. But if you lose, now you're on the, the catch-up side, and the match, you have to wrestle. now you have to wrestle all the losers – to get through the losers to get to at least third place. It's the consolation bracket. So there was days I wrestled eight matches, you know, so. But back to the hot tub, you know, so this, it wasn't always good, but we'd do it. Uh, the hot tub can zap your energy for that next day. And I remember uh, Sister Sarah's son, Aaron, I think it was Aaron, went with us to a tournament, and he said, y'all are fighting. He goes, I thought it was like TV wrestling. He goes, I didn't know that it, it's, like a, it's like a boxing match, but you're not using your fist, you're using your whole body. And uh, he said, yeah, I was like, yeah, it's a fight. And he'd see, you know, I was just talking to Luis, you get cuts and scrapes up here and, and lose skin and, and uh, you know, and have all your joints taped together because they're stronger that way. Um, well, we're sitting in that hot tub, and I'm talking about eating your words, you know, because you can exercise judgment and it'd be wrong. So if Pharaoh did that and said, nah, we don't need to do what Joseph said, curse his God and die. Well, that's exactly what they were going to do. At the end of seven years, they would have cursed God and they would have died. And God would have preserved Joseph, and God would have preserved sure. his people. Yeah, um, right. And he did anyway, uh, uh, through, uh, eventually through Moses. Um, but in that hot tub, one of the, we were sitting there chatting and just kind of sharing opinions and, and you know, young, youthful men full of you know, ambition and everything. And, and they said, Lonnie, or they said, you know, I don't know how, long, how much longer I'm going to wrestle. And we had people, I remember specifically there was people in there from New Jersey, uh, Iowa. I was from Arizona, and we're sitting in this hot tub, and I think it was somewhere in Iowa at the hotel when we would travel to go compete, excuse me, and, um, and we're sharing opinions, and somebody said, I don't know how much longer I'm going to wrestle, and other people would say, well, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll do it in college, and, and you, after college, you can continue on to the world scale and try to go into the Olympics and world, world team and international comp- competition, and some of those guys did. Uh, but they said, Lonnie, how long are you, what about you, Lonnie, how long are you going to wrestle? I said, and these are the words I said, and I eventually ate them. And, and looking back, once I got in here and started getting teaching, I realized, ah, I said, therefore, I had. And I said, I'll go as far as my body can carry me. Wow. And yeah. I wrestled until I physically just about couldn't, to where I was having to go to the chiropractor three times a week. Uh, and. Yeah. I'd have to spend an hour in the training room, the athletic training room, pre- preparing my body under heat, stretching. People would always say, man, why do you stretch so much? Because I have to. <laughs> you know, uh, if I don't, it ain't going to be good. And then afterwards, I'd take an ice bath, or stretch, take an ice bath, you know, and, then, and then take a couple ice bags with me back to my dorm so then I can ice in my dorm. Like the, the, I had to t- physically take care of myself. But I, I ate those words, and God helped me. You know, I got in here, started hearing about healing. Those, those, those things were remedied by what I was hearing. Um, and then I also learned some natural things to help keep myself from going there. 
And to be honest, I'm not even doing some of those things now, and I, I reap the fruit of that. When I start realizing I'm having issues in my body, it's going, ah, I'm not doing what I know I should be doing yeah. with my body. Yeah. And, you know, to, to him who knows what to do and doesn't do it, to him it's sin. So uh, I'm, yeah. the reason I'm telling you guys these things is because I'm endeavoring to get better in exercising timing and judgment myself. Um, hallelujah. Uh, some verses that have to do with judgment. These are verses that were coming up in my heart. So first, you can, let's go ahead and put them up there. Uh, first Peter 5, 1 through 8 in the Amplified. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. First Peter 5, 1 through 8 in the Amplified. I warn and counsel you that the elders among you, the pastors and spiritual guides of the church, as a fellow elder and as an eyewitness called to testify of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a sharer in the glory, the honor, and the splendor that is, that is to be revealed, disclosed, and unfolded, tend, nurture, guard, guide, and fold, and fold the flock of God. That is your responsibility. We have a pastor that does that. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Uh, not by coercion or constraint, but willingly, not dishonorably, motivated by the advantages and profits belonging to the office, but eagerly and cheerfully, next, not domineering as arrogant, dictatorial, and overbearing persons over, the, over those in your charge, but being examples, patterns, and models of Christian living to the flock, the congregation, that's us, and the, then... When the chief shepherd is revealed, you will win the conqueror's crown of glory. Go to the next verse. Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers, and spiritual guides of the church, giving them the due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe, apron yourselves, <clears throat> all of you, with humility. That's, that's the word I wanna, uh, we're going to capitalize here on, and uh, I believe we're going to go some that route. So clothe and apron yourselves, all of you, with humility. If you're judging yourselves, you're humble. When you're judging others, you're not. Humility as the garb of a servant, so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you, with freedom from pride and arrogance toward one another. So if you're judging yourself, you're clothed in humility, and you are free from pride and arrogance. What's the opposite of humility? Pride and arrogance. He's, he's telling us, toward one another. For God sets himself against the proud, the insolent, and the overbearing, the disdainful, the presumptuous, the boastful. Hallelujah. Uh, the boastful, and he opposes and frustrates and defeats them, but he gives grace, favor, blessing to the humble. Uh, this sounds a lot like John 14, where Jesus said, I have given you peace. Now you make a decision. He's telling us, he goes, I've, I've done this. Now I've given you a shepherd. Now you make a judgment and clothe yourselves with humility. And he opposes and frustrates and defeats them. And if you don't, here's what happens. Here's the result. It's, it's, not, super, it's not ooh supernatural. If you speed, there's potential you get a ticket or a warning. Or you don't get stopped at all, but you're... you're putting yourself on the other side of that protection of the speed limit. He's telling you right here, if you get outside of humility, 
the sheep, not talking to the pastor, he's talking to the sheep. Now, he started out talking to the, the ministers, uh, clothe yourself with humility. And if the, if the shepherd is doing all the things, which our, our pastor, praise the Lord, we're so blessed. But it, before, when he was talking about the shepherd, telling them, here's what you should exercise as, as judgment in your life. This is how you should live. If they're doing that, then they have a good example as someone to clothe themselves with humility. For God sets himself against the proud, the insolent, the overbearing, the disdainful. These are, if you don't do it, here's what can happen. And he opposes and frustrates and defeats them. I don't want to be on the opposite end of, of God. Yeah. And he opposes and frustrates and defeats them, but gives grace, favor, blessing to the humble. Next verse. Therefore, humble yourselves, demote and lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. Stay here real quick. Uh, therefore, humble yourselves. Judge yourself. Therefore, humble yourself. Judge yourself. Demote and lower yourself in your own estimation. Whose job is that? Yours. It, mine. It says right there. Therefore, you humble yourself. Just like in John 14, he said, I've done something. Now you judge that you should not worry. Don't let your heart be troubled. So say that with me. Heart, don't be troubled. Heart, be humble. He's telling us, therefore, humble yourself. This is our job. Demote and lower yourself in your own estimation. Well, Brother Lonnie, you said the plan of God is increase advancement and promotion. That doesn't sound like promotion, demoting myself. Why would I demote myself? I don't even want my boss to do that. Under the mighty hand of God, here's the result. When you do it under God's way, that in due time, he may exalt you. Did it just say that he will exalt you? What is, wait a second. I thought we go to church to exalt him. But this just said, he will exalt you. One of the things we talk about in the youth group is God will make you a standout. He will exalt you. He will put you in front of princes and rulers and governments. It says in the word that a man's gift will make room for him. That gift came from God and it will make room for him. And put, set him in the, in the presence of princes and governors and rulers of an important people. Well, what, what, what's that about? Pharaoh and Joseph. Joseph's gift and his integrity kept him in a place where when he got put in front of somebody who was an important leader... God was able to exalt him to second in yep. the biggest nation on the earth. Yep. That's right. Amen. And he, what he exercised to get there was judgment. So if we'll judge ourselves, here's the result, that in due time, he may exalt you. Hallelujah. I, I, I mean, not for my own sake, but there's things on the inside of my heart that I want to come out. And, and I remember even, uh, was it? Maybe Pastor Jay, one minister in Marietta, they said, if you create a product, even if that product isn't free, but people come to you to buy it, they come to your business and your organization to buy it, and their lives are blessed by it, that in itself is a seed. And it gives glory to God uh, That in due time. So if I create a product that is amazing and people come to me and say, wow, we really got to have that, and it's blessing our lives, it's making our lives simpler, faster, easier, um, and helping us save time. Uh, healing people, if it's medication, if you're the scientist that comes up with something that is, uh, that is healing, uh, helping heal people, you know, instead of just 
giving them pharmaceutical drugs, but you come up with something that actually takes care of the problem, uh, that in due time he may exalt you. Normally those drugs they name after a person or, after, or an invention, they usually name after a person. Uh, next verse, that in due time he may exalt you. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, these instructions are still to us. All your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Next. Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. Exercise judgment, I would say. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like or as a roaring lion in fierce hunger seeking someone to seize upon and devour. So I would say if somebody is being a, humbling themselves and being says, and he may exalt you, God is the one doing the exalting. When you humble yourself, I don't think that person is one that can be devoured. If God's exalting you, I think you're free from this as a roaring lion. But if you're on the flip side of it, God opposes and, and, uh, and sets himself against the proud and the arrogant uh, I think you're food for, yeah, you're food, you're, you're lion food, uh, because, because he's seeking someone to seize upon and devour as someone that he has the authority to devour. Whose territory are you getting on when we exercise judgment of others instead of judgment of ourselves? Um, so that's all I have for that verse. Let's see. Um, so lowering yourselves in your own estimation, I want to share this real quick. So just like we read in John 14, 27, well, lowering yourselves in your own estimation is the opposite of pride. Well, pride is actually worry or worry is actually just being prideful. If you're worried about it, you're not trusting and yielding. You're not casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties like we just read. You're not doing that. You're, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fix it. How can I take care of this problem? And you're just rattling yourself. That, it is prideful to worry. Um, 1 Corinthians 11, 31 and 32. I think this is, is this... I believe this is one pastor shares when we do communion, um, where she talks about judging yourself because of the ones that eat unworthily, and, and they eat and decree, yeah, here we go, for if we searchingly examine ourselves, detecting our own shortcomings, and recognizing our own condition, we should not be judged, and a penalty decreed by the divine judgment. That's funny. That's probably where that, that definition came from. So this Webster, Webster's def, de, definition, right here, a divine sentence or decision by the divine judgment. Huh. So we should not be judged and penal, a penalty decreed by the divine judgment. You, I'm not, say this with me. I'm not lion food. That's what, he's, that's what he was saying earlier. If you'll judge yourself, then you won't be subject to the one that seeks around looking for one as a roaring lion. He's not, but looking for one to devour upon. Um, by divine judgment. Go ahead and go to, let's see. Go to the next verse. But when we fall short and are judged by the Lord, so we miss it, 
we judge by the Lord and are disciplined and chastened so that we may not finally be condemned to eternal punishment along with the world. So this is so the eternal punishment is talking about the end, the the final judgment of all man. Uh, but but we can be judged now. I say I judge myself. Go back one verse. For if we searchingly examine ourselves and judge ourselves now, we should not be judged by the divine judgment. Is that talking about the end of time or right now? I think it's talking about right now. So go to the next one. But when we fall short, so we judge, we're judged by divine judgment right now. That unction on the inside comes that you probably shouldn't have said that. You probably shouldn't have ate that. You probably shouldn't have spent that money on that. That divine judgment comes on the inside and you go, okay, that was wrong, Lord. And then we are judged by the Lord. We are disciplined and chastened. Thank God we have a helper uh, so that we may not finally be condemned put to eternal punishment along with the rest of the world. We're not illegitimate. We have a helper and a father. Hallelujah. Um, Go to John 20, 22 and 23 in the Amplified. Is this making sense? It's all in here, so I'm trying to get it out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for being our helper. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, and having said this, This is Jesus. And having said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Next verse. Now, having received the Holy Spirit and being led and directed by him, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of anyone, they are retained. It's talking about judgment still. Uh, Not judging others, judge yourself. Uh, so, uh, So he says, having the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus came back. Um, after being uh, his death, burial, resurrection, came back, and it says he breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Uh, I believe that's, this is the, the context. But uh, if, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they're forgive them. They're forgiven. Somebody cuts you off, and you go, I forgive you. Man, I forgive you. They're forgiven. Now what can God do for them? Because if you don't forgive them, their sins are retained. We are ambassadors from heaven. And we have that judgment to say, crucify him. Or put the blood on him and save him. I forgive that person. Jesus said the same thing on the cross. Father, I forgive them. Uh, I, have the, I have the reference here for, for that verse. Luke 23, 34, we don't have to go there. Uh, But Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So when I'm around people that are cussing up a storm, talking down their spouse, uh, abusing kids, wow, Father, I forgive them. Because that's the only way they're going to get help, is if they're forgiven. That's the only way their generations, their children, their seed is going to get any help, is if that's the word and the forgiveness of God is the only one that is going to correct yeah. that. The, I, you see the people who are manipulative, manipulative, blah, 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 blah. the manipulators, uh, manipulative. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Teacher Sherry. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, people who are manipulators, sometimes they don't even know it. No. I've learned that in my job. You, they almost, it just comes out of them. People who are critical and judgmental, 
are hypercritical and they have something to say about everything, an opinion about everything, and if you tell them, no, you're wrong, they're going to say, well, and even if they know they're wrong, they'll say, well, they'll have an argument for it. And even if you prove them wrong, they still have an argument for it. A lot of times people don't know they're doing that. So, Father, I forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They, they rub my flesh the wrong way, but that's the love walk. Um, go ahead and pull that verse back up. Where were we at? John 20, 22, and 23. Now, having received the Holy Spirit and being led and directed by him, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of anyone, they are retained. Can we do this verse in, what version is that? Uh, I read this and I was like, oh man, in the message, please. I said, let me just check this verse out in the message and see the message has some good stuff. Uh, okay. Then he took a deep breath and breathed into them, receive the Holy Spirit. And he said, if you forgive someone's sins, they're gone for good. Well, who forgave our sins so that they're gone for good and he doesn't hold them over our head? Jesus. I was explaining to somebody the other day that, you know, they said, well, what was the purpose of the Ark of the Covenant? And we got into that, that in the Old Testament, the presence of God and the Ten Commandments, and, and you had to do these rituals, and Jesus came to be that final sacrifice. Well, Jesus did this for us, and he's telling us, should you not, with the help of the Holy Ghost, be doing this for other people? You have the power, wait there until power comes from on high, and they receive the power of the Holy Ghost in order, I mean, that's what, that's what the Pharisees, Pharisees and Sadducees kept saying to Jesus. Who do you think you are forgiving people's sins? You don't have power to do that. And Jesus said that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins on the earth. Which is easier to say, get up and walk, or you're forgiven. We, when, we, when we decree that judgment against somebody or upon somebody, Father... Forgive them. We might not have anything else good to say about them, and maybe there is absolutely nothing else good to say about them. And their last hope might be that interaction with you where you said, forgive them. Now God has something to work with. If you don't forgive them, what are you doing? Or, yeah, yeah, I love this. So if you forgive someone's sins, they're gone for good, just like Jesus did for us. If you don't forgive them, what are you going to do with them? Because you're not the Savior. You're going to retain them. So, and, and you know what? Here's the thing is when you retain those sins, that's what happened in the Old Testament. Those sins were not gone for good. They were retained for another year. They were retained for another year. So every year they come back and they have this remembrance of, oh, dang, I messed up. So if you're retaining it, what's going to happen the next time you see them? I remember what they did to me. I don't want to talk to them. You're retaining them. You are acting out the Old and New Testament. That's what he's telling you to do. How do we, with the help of the Holy Ghost, it says receive the Holy Ghost, which is what gives you the ability to do this, to act. Our lives are pictures, I never saw this before, of the Old and New Testament. Our interactions with people are pictures of the Old and New Testament. And the judgment that comes upon man from God, either to be sins gone for good or retained forever. Now we miss it. And like the other verse we said, we're chastened. He corrects us and we learn from it. There's many times, it's easy to stand when you're in the jail or you're standing on the outside looking in. How did you, 
how did, come on, how did, you, how did you fall for that trap? Come on. From the outside looking in. Uh, from the outside looking in, it's easy to judge the people in the cells saying, I can't believe you did that thing. Instead of saying, I forgive them. Now I don't trust them. I don't turn my back to them. But I forgive them. And to, and to be able to look in those cells, I, I learned that lesson real quick because it's easy to say, you know, to come over here and sit, sit next to Sister Anita. Did you see? Did you hear? Did you hear? Yeah, you heard it? Oh, my gosh. Can you believe? And that's what the news and the media is all about. Oh, dirt, 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 dirt. Well, the dirt's on top. The gold's underneath. So if you're going to find gold in somebody, wow. instead of writing them off, yeah. uh, Dr. Winston was just saying that. i got to be patient with people. Yeah. I can't just say, man, you'll never measure up to anything. He goes, when Jesus had to listen to Peter tell him, Lord, you don't need to go to the cross. Yeah. Jesus had to be patient with him. Right. He had to tell him where he was wrong, had to chasten him, say, get behind me, Satan, because those words, I'm judging those words, those words are not from heaven those words are from hell and you're receiving influence from hell so he was actually helping peter understand where he was hearing from but he was being patient with him he was he was he knew there was gold in peter he knows there's gold in us and if we'll exercise that with other people what are we what are we what are we gonna what are we gonna exalt you know so the i learned that working up there and a lot of times working with People in that line of work, I'd say people in here in the military can say there can be some raunchy things in the military. You know, language, jokes, uh, it's, sometimes it's just the culture. You deal with such a, such a risk sometimes and such a, a lot of times you're dealing with the negative. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to just cope with that by being negative and, and uh, sarcastic and, you know, sometimes they call it graveyard humor, uh, things like that. Um, it's, it's easy to go that route. So when you get around those people, you can also understand, well, they're no, they're no better. According to God's standard, right. you're no better than that person in the cell. According to God's standard, if I wasn't saved, I'd be in that cell. Yeah. Right. And so what I had to learn was uh, it's, it would be very easy for me to end up on the inside of that cell. It's only a few small decisions that kept me on this side and them on that side. And I mentioned last time, there was prayer made available that I know kept me uh, from ever having to be yeah. in trouble in any uh, serious regard, I guess. Um, that wasn't by myself. That was prayer. Because I, I gave myself plenty of opportunities to get busted and to get in trouble. Situations where we got pulled over and they say, all right, you're in trouble, you're in trouble, you're in trouble, you walk home. They're like, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, or you just say, all right, y'all, go on your way. You know, we could have gotten some serious trouble or... They arrested the driver and left us sit in the park, sit in the car on the side of the road, and he come back and check on us in the morning and make sure we're okay. You know, like so, so many scenarios where I we could have gotten trouble and it just never yeah. came out that way. And I know that's not me; that was God. Uh, I'm not that good. I am not that good. You know, on my best day, I'm not even close to that good. Uh, yes, Hallelujah. Um, he is so good. And that's before I was living, living consecrated. Yeah. Amen. All right, so we were in John. Let's go to Mark 
So the, the message translation says, if you don't forgive sins, so if you forgive someone's sins, they're gone for good. New Testament. If you don't forgive them, what are you going to do with them? You're going to retain them. You're going to hold them over their head. Old Testament. Uh, Mark 11, 24, 24, 24 in the Amplified. How are we doing on time? Okay. I know we, got a, we got a belly full of the word tonight. Uh, okay. Uh, Mark 11, brother, if you got it. Uh, in the Amplified. Classic. For this reason, I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. Amen. That's exciting. We can shout and dance about that. Amen. and Because and, there's things I'm, I'm believing for. Yeah. I'm going to get them. Yeah. Yeah. But... He, then, he, then he advises us. <laughs> uh, you're going to get what you want, but here's some help. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, whose sins are you retaining? If you have anything against anyone, forgive him, let it drop, leave it alone, or leave it and let it go. In order that your father, so he's telling you, don't retain those sins. Uh, Father, who is in heaven, may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. I'm going to go back to this because this just came to me. In the Old Testament, when, you, when those sins were retained, it was because of the curse. Yeah. Now, the priesthood, the law and the priesthood was given to help man say, okay, you should not be living this way, you should live this way. And I, so as a kid, we used to play this game. We called it Sorry God. Uh, so we, we learned the Ten Commandments, me and my friends. And we would play this game called Sorry God. Because eventually you get around your buddies and they let out swear words. So then you're going to start swearing. If the law, you know, you hang around with people. You, you are who you hang around with. So we'd let out a swear word or something. But we knew because we'd been going to church. Oh, man, God says we shouldn't be cussing. So we'd play this game called Sorry God. You know, we'd do that. You know, Sorry God. Yeah. Like we were going to get hit over the head with a bat, you know. Uh, what they never taught me when I was a kid, uh, and I, I believe we should teach kids this today, uh, is, and we tried to teach Victoria this, yes, you did wrong, baby. What you did was wrong. Here's why it was wrong. Help her understand that. Uh, does God, is God happy when you do that? No. When you don't listen to mommy and daddy? No. Is God happy when you listen to mommy and daddy? Yes. Uh, just earlier I was saying, baby, I love you, and I know you love me. But I, the, way I know, the way you show me that you love me is you listen to what I tell you, because that's what Jesus said. If you love me, you'll obey me. So we're, we're teach, get these things in them. Teach them. Um, and what they didn't tell us is that these are the Ten Commandments, but you on your own can't keep them. And so we had that, that stumbling block. All right, there we go. We had that stumbling block of, well, we're trying. We're trying. Like, sincerely, as kids, you tell them this is wrong, and we would learn, you know, the Ten Commandments in church, and then we go play. And we end up in scenarios. Things come up. And what I didn't know as a kid was, they, I mean, what, what we got to teach them is, you in your own power cannot do that. Right. That's why you need God's help. So we try to teach your baby, uh, okay, we're going to pray. And we're going to ask for God's forgiveness for what you did. And then we're also going to uh, ask for his help so that we don't do that again. Because that's what we need in order to not sin. Right. Um, and so we never learned that. But I saw this just now about the Old Testament. Uh, let me, let me read it again real quick. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Let it drop. 
Leave it alone in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings. Like I said, pictures of the Old and New Testament. Old Testament, sins retained, but there was a curse attached to it. What did we read earlier? If you don't humble yourself and you are prideful, you're not exercising correct judgment, you will be, God sets himself up against you and you're subject to be lion food because of the curse. There's a curse attached to it. But in order that you, but, but in the New Testament, cursed is he who hanging on a tree that we don't have to, that he took it. So uh, that we would be free. And so in order that your father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. Verse 26, please. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. All the, he's saying the same thing over and over again, but it's just, it, it's helping me. So, um, and I don't always, I, sometimes it's easy to go, you slimy. Oh. And then later I go, all right, God, I know that was wrong. I didn't say anything to him, but I thought it, and I, and I took thought, and then I might have told my buddy over here, can you believe what they did, you know? And here's another thing is, is I, I struggle with this one. Exercising judgment over something I have no authority to judge. Because when you're judging other people, you have no authority to judge them unless it's, unless it's delegated to you. Right. Uh, like law enforcement, a judge. Uh, actually, Pastor Ken, where was that verse, Pastor Ken, you showed me recently? Psalm or Proverbs in 8 or 80. And it said, uh, you are my examples on the earth. I stopped by your house, you showed it to me. You are my representatives on earth or my examples judging on my behalf on the earth. Does it sound familiar? And to uh, exercise judgment uh, and to make decrees, so basically little gods on the earth, and he goes to, to what was it? Uh, when I read it, I heard fair and speedy trial because our system comes from the word. I know which one you're talking about. And he was talking, and he said... Uh, and he said, it is, it is up to you. You are on, on earth on my behalf, judging on my behalf to exercise judgment and to issue a decree and, and if a thief is found, to carry out the judgment swiftly. So to execute a fair and speedy trial and things like that. Um, and uh, so lost, lost my train of thought there. So um, thank you, Lord. But yeah, think about that verse, and, and he says, you are on earth, yeah, so judges being delegated authority. A judge in a court has the authority to pass judgment. He's called a judge, but they're also called your honor. Yeah. Well, that honor speaks of weightiness yes. or glory. Yes. That's another word for honor. Well, who does that come from? That verse that Pastor Ken was telling me about, uh, we'll find it later on, but uh, has, says, God is saying, you guys act on my behalf on the earth. Well, a judge is acting on God's behalf on the earth. He's been delegated authority that was given to him over people. I, as a law enforcement officer, I have a measure of authority. I'm not the authority. I have a measure of authority delegated to me to exercise judgment. I need to pull that person over. Or uh, they weren't going that fast. That guy's going faster. I need to get him. You know. Uh, so I have to exercise justice and judgment. Use my discretion. Uh, that our entire system is based on reasonableness or judgment, you know, common sense judgment. 
Uh, should be anyway, because that's the problem with reasonableness is you're, if you're, I have that book up here. I didn't, I didn't locate it, but this book, uh, Signposts on the Road to Success, which is actually what our, like the mascot book and theme of our, our youth group, uh, he talks in there, he says, well, people say they like to speak their mind, and that's all, in, all well and good, but if your mind is poisoned, basically you better shut up, because if your mind is poisoned, what you're going to be speaking from your mind is poison. Um, so delegated authority. Well, when you, I, this is something I struggle with. I've caught myself doing it. And I, when I get around people I work with or people who uh, are maybe same rank as me, a buddy, could be a buddy, you know. Sure. Uh, you say, you get around the fellows and, uh, and you want to say, you know what, boss did this wrong. That's too easy to become critical that way. And that's very dangerous. Uh, if you do that long enough, you ain't gonna have a job. At least if your if your job if your boss if your boss has any judgment, and if your boss has any uh, vision and you know, and uh, understands that for a certain amount of time you might be able to get by with that, but eventually you got to go, because you have set yourself up against God, and God has set Himself against you because you're prideful. Um, so I have had to my my area where I've struggled struggled with this is. Uh, so I, I may arrest a person or I may not. I write them a ticket or whatever. That goes up to the courts and they have the authority to prosecute it. Uh, that goes up to the prosecutor's office and the prosecutor's office has to exercise judgment on going, wow, that's really wrong. We're going we're gonna to throw the whole book at this person and we're going to get them locked away or they can, they can exercise misjudgment, but it's not always my place to say. It's the people's place to say because they're the ones that vote these people in. Uh, at least the heads of those areas. Um, and so I can look at, and a lot of times they'll put in our mailbox, hey, we let so-and-so go. We didn't feel it was necessary to send them away. And I can go, you did what? You did, you did what? Where is the logic? Well, one, I mean, there's this, there's this back and forth of, well, I didn't go to law school, right. but they ain't a cop. Right. So... Yeah. I almost wish it was a requirement. To be a lawyer, you have to be a cop. For like, you know, like some countries, right. when you turn a certain age, you have to serve two years in the military. It's like, I wish in order to be a, a lawyer, you had to be a cop, because then you would understand right. what they're facing. But then if you're a cop, it'd be cool if you had a, lawyer, a law degree, because you almost have to, to. You have to be constantly thinking like a lawyer. Like, you know, where is my threshold? Constantly thinking, what can I do? What can I do? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, um, and the sharpest cops and the sharpest law enforcement officers are those that know their authority when and when not to exercise it. Yeah. And they're the ones not getting embarrassed on YouTube and, and things like that. Um, and so that's one area I've been struggling with at times because I'll find myself, I'll read this and I'll go, you did what? <laughs> you, let them go, you let them go because of what? Where does that make sense? Uh, and, and I want to go tell somebody, can you believe what the, the higher-ups did? Because they have, they practice law. They are certified. They're not certified to, uh, to be a law enforcement. I'm a certified law enforcement officer. They're certified lawyers. They have, a, uh, they have a law degree. That certifies them to exercise judgment in a court of law. And, and you're free to represent yourself. Because the judge will say, do you want to represent yourself or do you want counsel? You should take counsel if you don't have a law degree. Uh, unless you got the Holy Ghost. If you got the Holy Ghost, whew, you got the best counselor there is. He will he will school any any 
because that's where they got it from in the first place. Um, and so exercising judgment in a place that you don't have any authority to judge. Well, that's what happens when you're judging people. You don't have an authority. Now, like you said, the pastors, that verse earlier saying pastors uh, look over the sheep because you are the caretaker. You're the, the overseer. Yeah. Well, they have a responsibility to judge things. If something yeah. comes in the church yeah. and it's wrong yeah. and it's starting to spread, like they, Amen. pastor's going to deal with it yeah. because she's protecting the whole of us. Yeah. Uh, so she has the authority. It's been delegated to her. Yeah. By heaven, not by a board, not by, right. you know, a council or, right. or by deacons or whatever, or by a denomination. It's been given to her by heaven. Uh, and we receive that. Yes. Amen. And because we receive that, there's a protection behind it. Um, let's see what time we got. Okay. Um, let's go to John 530. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's some things we've been doing in the, the youth group, some things we've been confessing. And, the, and when I say them, they'll recognize them. Uh, but I just was reading them. I'm like, Jesus said this? Man, if Jesus is saying this, it'd probably be a good idea for us to say it too. Um, I mean, there's some things we shouldn't go around saying, you brood of vipers. You know? <laughs> we probably shouldn't be doing that, you know. How are you today? Brood of vipers. <laughs> you know. I mean, but when it's your place, but when it's your place to judge it, I mean, uh, when you have the authority to judge it that way, I say, you know, uh, but uh, I, so G John 530, I am able to come, able to do nothing for myself independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God and as I get his orders. We talked about this last time as being in the wilderness. He only saw what he uh, saw what he heard his or only did what he saw his father do. He only said what he heard his father say. I'm not doing anything of, uh, from myself or independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God and as I get His orders. I love that. I get orders and I carry them out. Even as I hear, I judge, just as Jesus. I decide as I am bidden to decide. I love this verse. Uh, I decide even as I am bidden to decide. So he's saying, I hear, I decide. I pass judgment on what I'm hearing. And I mentioned that last time. You have to make the judgment call of, I'm not getting involved in that conversation. Or this man of God or the, this woman of God has a voice into my life. You judge saying, I need this. Or you can judge and say, oh, I can't believe they do this in that church. You can find any reason to get offended and leave. Um, so I judge and... So even as I hear, I hear from heaven, I judge. Jesus is telling us how he lives right here. I decide as I am bidden to decide. As the voice comes to me, so I give a decision. And my judgment is right, just and righteous. Well, we could say, we talked about last time, Jesus never missing a step. As truth stumbling in the streets, he took that for us, that missed steps. But Jesus says, so I give a decision, and my decision is right, because he, he was Jesus, he was perfect, you know, he could say that, and he was, he was carrying that out. My judgment is right, just, and righteous, because I do not seek and consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself. If you're doing your own will, you're gratifying yourself, you're judging others because it makes you feel better, what are, what are you doing? He says, because I seek and consult my own will, I have no desire 
to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. Go ahead and go to the next verse. I alone testify in my behalf, my testimony, if I, if I alone testify on my behalf, my testimony is not valid and can be worth nothing. Uh, let's go to, uh, this is one of the things they said. Actually, go to verse 32. There is another who testifies concerning me. So he said my, in verse 31, my testimony alone is not worth anything. So if I, and he also said, I don't seek to carry out my own will because my testimony of my own will is worth nothing. So if you're trying to do your own will, what's that worth? If you're judging others because it makes you feel good, what's that worth? Nothing. Like he said, your sins, those sins you retain, what, what are you going to do with them? They're no good to you. Uh, and I know, and I am certain that his evidence on my behalf is true and valid. The witness of the Holy Ghost, the witness of the Father. Um, I have this verse marked out. I'll wrap it up here. Thank you, Father. I, I, all this, when I, when I went to get direction for the service, this stuff was just like downloading to me. It's like, I couldn't have come up with, with you know, not saying it's the best thing since life's bread, but the way they're even connecting to each other and, and pulling all these verses up, it's the, the Holy Ghost. He, he's our helper. Um, I have, oh, I'll just go to my Bible. I have a Bible. Praise the Lord. Uh, John, one of the things we've been confessing, the, the youth group visitors or members will, will uh, recognize this. We've been confessing John 5, 41. And, uh, and Jesus says here, I receive not glory from men. I crave no human honor. I look for no mortal fame. What's he looking for? Well, God said earlier, if you humble yourselves, he will exalt you. So it's not wrong to be exalted. It's wrong to exalt yourself. He says, I receive not glory from men. Say this with me because this is what we confess. I receive not glory from men. I crave no human honor. I look for no mortal fame. But I seek the praise and honor and glory which come from him who alone is God. Uh, and that, that second part was from verse, 11, verse 44. Um, I have some other ones. I may just read real quick. Um, what does this have to do with the plan of God? Well, you can carry out your own will, and it'd be worth nothing. Like Jesus said, what, what is it worth if I do my own will or if I judge others? What are you going to do with those sins? Um, uh, the plan of God. Uh, I want to. I want to. These things are going to help us hit the mark. Like Jesus said, uh, He was telling us, "I hear, I receive, I exercise judgment." That's the plan of God for me. Okay. Like in the wilderness, the devil's saying, "Throw yourself down." I hear. Uh, yeah. It doesn't compute. Right. I don't receive. Yeah. I exercise judgment that that was wrong, devil. Right. And according to the word, it is written. Yep. He's telling us how he lived, how he hit the mark. He lived perfectly. So if we can, if we can be skillful in this, yeah. in exercising judgment, uh, well, I think we'll hit the mark. Yeah. Amen. 
uh, here's this, I'll just read this verse. I read this and I was like, I need to start confessing this. I wrote right behind it in my Bible, confession. John 8, 29. You can put that up there. I read this and I said, wow, what a bold thing to say. Uh, Jesus said this, and he who sent me is ever with me. Well, we know that. I'm, God is everywhere with me because I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. My father has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. So I've been just driving around going, he who sent me is ever with me. Wow, my father who sent me, he is never, he's never left me alone. I always do what pleases him. Well, do I? No, because we just read earlier, when you miss the mark and fall short, you have that chastisement, that judgment from the Lord, and you judge yourself, well, you're right back into please, right. pleasing to him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, always, I do always do what pleases him yeah. with his help. Um, verse 50, John 8, verse 50, uh, Jesus says here, however, I am not in search of my, uh, excuse me, however, I am not in search of honor for myself. I do not seek, and I am not aiming at, aiming for my own glory. There is one who looks after that. He seeks my glory, and he is the judge. We're talking about judgment. We're talking about the plan of God. And Jesus says, I'm not here to do my will. Yeah. I'm not here to, to, to make myself look good. Mm-hmm. There's somebody looking after that. Yeah. What's the other verse? He, he looks after you carefully and watchfully. Uh, uh, Anybody know where that is off the top of your head? Uh, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Um, well, there's somebody looking after that. Uh-huh. If, if you'll humble yourselves, he'll exalt you. There is somebody, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, he already did what he was going to do. Yeah. He made this power available to us, receive power from on high to live this way. Um, and he made it available to us. So if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, he's going to carry it out and he's going to say, if you humble yourself, he'll exalt you. I love that Jesus says this. It's, just, it's sobering to read these things. You go, however, I'm not in search of my own honor. Uh, and this is where they said, well, you're full of a demon. Well, what do demons do? They like strife. They like pride. Uh, they, they, like to, they like to manifest. God likes to manifest. But that gives glory to him. When they manifest, that doesn't give glory to God. Uh, so they... And they said, you're full of a demon. He says, no, I'm not full of a demon, guys. He goes, however, I'm not, in search of my, I'm not in search of honor for myself. I do not seek, and I am not aiming for my own glory. There is one who looks after that, and one, one who is capitalized. It's God. He seeks my glory, and he is the judge. I think that was all the verses in John that I had to share. Uh, anybody getting help? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's sobering stuff. It's not, it's not your run, shout. You know, I had a lot more that I wanted to share on timing. <laughs> so I was going to talk about judgment and timing, but I spent the whole time on judgment. Um, uh, but a little bit of timing to be able to look ahead. You know, there, was, there was a time when, uh, I'll share this briefly, like we talked about Joseph. Before he could be made, before he could be exalted, he was humbled. Yeah. Right. He was sold into slavery. Uh, and then he was falsely accused and put in prison. Humbling scenarios. Um, uh, I think people who go through those type of things and they come out are usually, if they've learned their lesson, they go, I never want to go back there. That was a very, I, I appreciate my freedom so much more. We had a buddy in high school who we always joked that he deported himself 
He was not an immigrant, an illegal immigrant. He had citizenship, but a relative of his got deported, and he decided to go find them when we graduated high school. But he didn't take any documentation with him to get back. So we, we always joke, he deported himself because he couldn't get back. So he got down there and he got stuck. Well, then he started working uh, for quarters, you know, like for nothing. And then he got hurt. He broke his leg. He got hit by something and, and had a broken leg. So now he's in another country and under their healthcare system or whatever, lack of, and, and making nothing uh, next to nothing. That kid was re- usually pretty lazy. <laughs> Just, and he probably, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, at that, growing up, he was, you know, a bit lazy. Uh, and when he came back, man, he was the hardest working in no time at all. He was, he had a job, he became the manager, had his own apartment and had a car. He was the only one in our group that had a brand yeah. new car. I mean, he came, so those, those types of situations, when you go to hard yeah. places, they can be very humbling yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but Joseph, before he could be exalted, he had to be humbled yeah. and he had to respond correctly in those places before he could be exalted. Jesus said, there is one who looks after me. And so Joseph wasn't in there going, no, I shouldn't be in here. I'm not guilty. You know, Jesus, it says, as a, as a sheep before the shears is silent, Jesus didn't say nothing. Yep. He, didn't, he didn't say, you guys are wrong. You're doing this wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. He just took it. Uh, and he was humbled, but then he was also exalted higher than anybody's ever been exalted. Um, and, and Joseph had to be humbled before he could be exalted. And before he was humbled, he, he was a bit prideful. All y'all are going to bow down to me. Yeah. He had vision, yeah. but his judgment was wrong. Yeah. His judgment was the time is now. Right. But that time wasn't till he was humbled, right. then could be built back up and exalted. And then the vision came to pass. Yeah. Right. Because then they came to him and bowed and said, we need help. And he yeah. goes, oh, my brothers, it's so good to see you. I'm so, I'm so glad you're alive. How's dad? You know, um, and, but, and even, even with time, he, uh, uh, brother Copeland said, he's like, I caught that one day. I was looking at that and said, I dare that. So he was in prison. The baker got crucified. The servant or the, was it the jester or the servant? Uh, he said to him, your dream will come to pass and you'll be put back into your position in the king's presence or whatever. And he said, when you go there, you know, I won't, or he said, when I go there, I won't forget what you did. And Brother Copeland was saying, how could he, how dare that man forget Joseph for two years? How could he leave him in prison for two years? And he finally realized, well, he wasn't 30 yet. Now in in the Hebrew, in the Bible, you're really nothing until you hit 30. You're not even considered a man. You don't have any responsibility. Jesus, Jesus could, Jesus didn't hit uh, his, his the yep. ministry till he turned 30 yeah. and then he yeah. carried it out yep. excellently. It only took three years. Three years. Yeah. It's going to take more than that for us to finish the plan of God for our lives. But, yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, and so, and brother Copeland said, he didn't forget him. He couldn't bring him up because he was not 30 yet. According to, I don't know if it was just Hebrew law or. Uh, but in the Bible, you know, it, that's, that's a certain age. There's something about that age of 30 where you come into something. And, and, uh, and Joseph wasn't yet 30. So he had to sit and be humbled for two more years. Wow. What if he said, forget this, forget this, I'm breaking out of prison. And in one month's time, how about 
he had two he had one year and uh and 11 months left or he just finished one year and 11 months there's one month left to sit in that cell and uh and he decides no, i'm breaking out i'm leaving and he goes off to the wilderness and he has to fend for himself well one month later he's second in command so he had to exercise timing and judgment. Now, even though it might not be right, I need to sit here. There is one looking after me. He will exalt me. He's my judge. And he'll, yeah, I, and so he was humbled. He was exalted. But there was a time. He couldn't, he couldn't come into, into fullness until a certain time. Uh, you can't drive until a certain time. Uh, Jesus couldn't step into his ministry he, had, he went to John the Baptist and said, no, this is, it's right that I'm baptized. And John said, no, Lord. John was wrong. He missed judgment. He said, yeah. he said no, Lord. <laughs> how, can I, how can I baptize you? How, how, can I, how can I be doing this? And he said, no, this is right. Yeah. Jesus had the right judgment. And he said, uh, this, this is right in my father's eyes. Mm-hmm. And then he baptized him, came up, stepped into it, uh, and the dove dis- uh, the spirit descended in the form of a dove, and, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What if, he, what if he agreed with John and said, you know what, John, you're right. You shouldn't be baptizing me. You're a servant. You're my cousin, and you're wearing weird, weird clothes out here in the wilderness. Like, uh, he could have just said, no, you're right. I need, to find, I need to find the chief priest to come baptize me. That's what I need to do. But he had, he had judgment from heaven. He heard, and he judged, and he said, hey, John. No, this is right in my Father's eyes. And that's what, that's what God says. He says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I don't, man judges outwardly. I judge inwardly. I know. Basically, he knows the way. And so we, John judged and said, no, Lord, you are the Lord. I should not be, be baptizing you. And he said, no, Lord. Accor- that's man's standard. You should, but according to God's standard, this is right. right. This is good judgment. And that time came that he stepped into it. And even, even the first miracle at the wedding. Uh, and Jesus, Jesus said, what does that have to do with me? He misjudged. <laughs> you know, I wasn't there, so I don't know all the, all the details. But at least what we've been taught and what we've read. Uh, what, what woman, what does that have to do with me? She, and like Pastor Jesse says, she didn't, even, she didn't even listen to him. She, all right, you missed the mark. You don't, you're wrong. Okay. You guys, listen to him. Whatever he says to you, he's about to say something. Go over there. I've been waiting 30 years, and this is about to come to pass. So uh, you guys go listen to him, and the first thing he says to you, just do it. And the first miracle. And they're going, where did this wine come from? This is the best. The best. And the acceleration. So there could be no acceleration because there was acceleration there. It went from water. Normally, you got to mix in the grapes and the yeast and, and, and the process and years. And the oldest the wine is, sure. the older, the better. And he went from water to the best. They said, this is the best. How? Where have you kept this? The acceleration did not come until the right time. And even Mary could judge and say, no, you're wrong, boy. It's time. This thing's come to pass. Get Go over there and do the first thing he says to you. Um, but, yeah, it took time. He couldn't do that at 29 years old. Yeah. He couldn't, like Pastor Jackie says, when he was a little boy, he wasn't running around healing birds. Yeah. It wasn't time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. That's right. So, 
Timing and judgment. That's, hopefully that helps. The point, the point of it is, like I said, we don't want to miss the mark. The point of it is accuracy. The, the, the thing we, we prayed about, before pastor prayed for us, commissioned us to do the youth group, and then we spent some time praying on our own, and what we prayed out was that those that attend, I mean, and, I mean same, it's just a shadow of, of what pastor does. You know, it, it's part of her vision. It's not, it's not the full vision. It's part of the vision because it came from her heart. Uh, am I, I think I'm correct in saying that. It came from her heart, so it came from God, God's heart. So we treat it that way, uh, and we usually will pray that. And, we, and, and one of the things we prayed out was that those that attend, and even ourselves as the people conducting the, the group, we will become more accurate. We will see things and learn things like this about ourselves. Wow, I didn't really re realize I was critical in that area. I didn't realize I was judging my brother. And it will help you not miss those steps for the plan of God because the point is accuracy. Jesus was accurate. We can be accurate. So uh, hopefully these things have helped you tonight um, to become more skillful, more accurate. Uh, I'm, I, the reason I'm doing this is because I need help. <laughs> you know, I, I have help, but, but I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Amen. I don't want to miss the mark. Yeah. I really don't want to miss the mark. <laughs> you know, uh, Pastor Jackie doesn't want to miss the mark. She wants to see this thing come to full glory, brighter and clearer. Uh, and that's why she's so adamant. We got to move. We got to move. We got to do this. Um, she's not slowing down. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, we're keeping up with her. Um, so I'm finished. Praise the Lord. Uh, real quick, we are going to receive pastors. Speaking of pastor, pastor's birthday offer.